If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Taylor hit, but he bounces into the end zone. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. How can we, like you mentioned, as pillars, as guys who are leaders on this team, how can we turn that around? Play action. Now he's in trouble, and he's going to be brought down. A sack for the Colts. DeForest Buckner back to the 27-yard line. Never quit. I never not fall. I never not compete. And I will always continue to be a great, great leader, a great competitor. Now he checks it down left side, looking for the end zone for Alec Pierce. And he's got it. Touchdown, Alec Pierce. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. Hello, what a great time of year this is. Welcome to the Colts official podcast, brought to you by our friends at WinBet. I'm Jeffrey Gorman, voice of the Colts. Matt Taylor is here from Colts.com, senior writer, J.J. Stankovitz. I'm going to stick with that title. We'll talk about it later down the road. Some have uh, said you put the senior on him when you shouldn't, but the kid is good. I'm going to tell you that. I love J.J. Stankovitz most of the year, but I really like him this time of year. If Jeffrey thinks you deserve something, by God, you, you will get, get it. You get it. I, I mean, it. I he, love it. I'm telling you, he can go to the 50, you know, the, the practice squad of the Cleveland Browns from last year and say, this is a good player that we, you know, teams should look at and stuff like that. But no, Dissecting so, the free agents. I love it, J.J. Je- Jeffrey walks in the, the radio studio. And he goes, all right, tell me about that center from Minnesota. I don't even know if you were talking about anyone specifically. And I go, oh, John Michael Schmitz? That's him. That's him. Don't know if he's going to be a second rounder or a seventh rounder, but he knows what he is. All right, listen, free agency frenzy is here. Here's the deal, guys. I want to lay down the rules of this thing. Uh, Wednesday at 4.59 Eastern, that's when it will start official, or when, when it will end. It started Monday at noon. It ends on Wednesday at the two-day negotiation period. But... My point is you can sign free agents after that 459 on Wednesday deal like this. In this first two days, what are we seeing? We are seeing deals get agreed to, but they cannot be executed. So an agent... No money! Not official. Right. An agent and a team can agree to terms... But that contract cannot be signed until the start of the new league here at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Yeah, it's kind of like the Panthers deal uh, last Friday. Mm-hmm. It's like a few years back. Remember when Carson Wentz was traded from the Eagles to the Colts? Mm-hmm. That was like in mid-February. Everybody knew about it. It was reported out there. But the Colts couldn't talk about it officially. It could not become official from the Colts in the eyes of yeah. the NFL. We did the shows. I remember. Win- by Wednesday at 4 o'clock if Eastern Time. If the Colts <laughs> find a quarterback and he just came Hypo- maybe hypothetically. from the end. NFC, and he would be, it would be great, wouldn't it? We were just kind of giving those things like, wouldn't it be wonderful? We can't that, talk about Is that your impression of you? No, that's my impression of me acting dumb like we had to for a couple of days talking about Carson Wentz. Can't talk about it, but uh, good players coming in here, folks. Just turn on the cooking channel and they'll tell you, but we can't talk about it. Listen, free agency is upon us, but the big bomb was dropped the other day, okay? That meant the Carolina Panthers and Frank Wright, I think a big stick it right to the Colts, said, hey, we're going to jump up. We're going to go get that number one pick. Who knows what he does with that number one pick because it's a new regime going on there in Carolina. Quarterback, yeah, that is going to be on the mind of the Frank Reichs of Carolina, what they're going to do. But that's the first big bomb that, that said, hey, the Colts' approach to free agency dramatically changed because the Bears, not in need of a quarterback at the time, were looking, what are they going to do? Who are they going to move to? Well, Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers, they stepped up. I've seen a lot of hand-wringing over, oh, I can't believe the Colts don't control the draft and they can't go get their guy. Just because you get the 
number the the first quarterback picked in a draft does not guarantee that that quarterback's going to be any good or any better than the second or the third best quarterback. Right. Look at the 2018 NFL draft where there was no consensus on who the top quarterback in that draft was going to be until like three days before the draft, and the Cleveland Browns took Baker Mayfield. The third quarterback taken in that year's draft was Josh Allen, who is the best quarterback in that draft. In 2017, the Bears traded up one spot to get Mitch Trubisky because they had to get their guy, and the second quarterback taken that year was Patrick Mahomes. Wow. The third quarterback was Deshaun Watson. It, it The last time the Colts traded up to number one to get a quarterback, you know who it was? The last time the Colts traded up to number one to get a quarterback. They've well, done it once. It was the guy it's we were talking early, about earlier. Early right? Jeff George. With Billy Brooks on that one windy yeah. day. Jeff George. Right. Jeff George had a cannon for an arm coming out of the University of Illinois. Great prospect. The Colts traded all-pro offensive tackle Chris Hinton, who's in the ring of honor. They traded Andre Rising Oof. and a 1991 first-round pick to go get Jeff George from the Atlanta Falcons with the number one overall pick in 1990. Did Jeff George work out? No. It, no. it that does not guarantee you anything. All right, look at Jalen Hurts. We talked about that, well, Matt listen, Taylor. Listen, I, mean, I mean, that guy is like, oh, he's, he's still fourth, on the board. He's like the fourth he's quarterback. Still on the board. I, 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 really, yeah. I really don't think, honestly, like I, I somebody's going to throw a tomato at their Bluetooth speaker listening to this right now. But I really don't think this changes a lot for the Colts. Mm-hmm. I really don't because I still think it just depends on how Chris Ballard, the Colts, Shane Steichen the personnel staff, all of that combined, how it views the available quarterbacks, right? Because the Colts can now move up to number three in a trade with the Cardinals, the perceived third-best quarterback, Mm -hmm. because, right, the the Panthers aren't moving up to number one to not draft a quarterback. The Texans probably are drafting a quarterback. So you can do that. You can stay at number four and take whichever quarterback remains and run the risk of another quarterback-hungry team moving up in front of you. That's another option. Another option is you stay at four, take the best player available, not quarterback, and address quarterback later in the draft. Or you could trade back from number four to accumulate more picks and address quarterback later in the draft as well. So long story short, it all boils down to the Colts' evaluation of the quarterback. And if there's a guy worth moving up for, giving what it will cost you now to go from four to three. And over the weekend on Friday night when this all blew up, We've got our answer on how the Colts felt about the price tag of moving up from four to one. The price was too big. The Colts didn't have the evaluation on these quarterbacks that fits what Chris Ballard said at the Combine, which is, quote, be no freaking doubt the guy. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not the case for the Colts in their evaluation. But if the first two picks in this draft are quarterbacks, now it boils down to, Jeffrey, is there one quarterback that's clearly better than the other between guy three, guy four, that would be worthy of moving up one spot. And if you do that right, you're probably still going to have to give up your first-round draft pick for the following year. So I I don't know where we're at right now, but I really don't think that the Panthers' move last Friday was as earth-shattering as some people are making it out to be. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And and think about it this way. If – the Bears' asking price for the number one overall pick involved, we want a number one wide receiver in return. They got that in D.J. Moore. If you're the Colts— And have you seen D.J. Moore's contract? That's like a it is, great contract. It is archaic based on yeah. what receivers are asking for and getting now. So it's a good money it's deal a really as well. good money deal. Good. The, but, but fit matters so much. We talked about this on the podcast last week. It matters so 
much for young quarterbacks. And Carolina is running a risk in trading DJ Moore. They already traded Christian McCaffrey last year that the the pieces around whatever quarterback they take at number one overall will not be substantial enough for to support that quarterback in his development. If you're the Colts and the price was trading Michael Pittman Jr., are you really doing that? Are, if you're trading especially, a 99-catch, 1,000-yard yeah, receiver... And what you have on the roster right now. Right. I mean, he and, and Alec Pierce are your only reliable, and, proven right. wide receivers. And, and even then, you know, Alec, he's going into year two. You know, he I, he can take a jump forward. Jelani can take a jump forward. But Michael Pittman Jr. is a bona fide number one, number two, whatever you want to call him. He's a top-level wide receiver in the NFL. And if the price was you have to trade him to get the number one overall pick, then you're dropping that quarterback into a worse situation and giving him less of a chance to succeed. And you're doing that for a quarterback who, by the way, you pr- you might not even think is the guy like we were just right. talking about. Right. So I don't – this whole, like, oh, uh, Colts are screwed. No, they're not. And I think you're right, Mate. I don't think it changed a whole lot because you knew the Bears were going to make that trade. And if you're the Colts sitting here like, I don't know, we really don't want to do that. You already had contingencies in place. Yeah. It, for all right, some team's going to go up and get the number one pick. What do we do now? Th- this didn't catch anyone in this building by surprise. I can't imagine it did. Yeah. To me, it just again it, it proves without the Colts saying anything, actions or inactions in this case speak louder than words. And it, there isn't a guy that is worthy of going up and and risking a lot for because they all right. have some sort of degree of red flag and they all can play but they all have the one thing that gives you pause a little bit but it and and is the gap between the number one and number three quarterback on your board worth a number one overall pick right or a first round pick in 2024 and Michael Pittman Jr. is it is it probably the number 35 overall pick and going back to the compensation evidently the DJ Moore aspect of that really helped tip it over the edge for the Bears because they wanted it was all about giving Justin Fields more proven receivers to help him on offense. And like I said, his contract, he signed through 2025 on a deal that's going to pay him an average of $17 million a season. That's archaic in this new wide receiver market. And Michael Pittman Jr. is going into year number four. And if he has a really good year, he might be able to command you know what some of these top receivers are getting on the open market in free agency I agree with JJ you don't want to trade him and certainly if you're the Bears DJ Moore was a little bit more attractive because you have him under contract for the next couple of years and you won't have to pay him like a top receiver in that time let's get people throwing stuff at their radios right now really yeah, quick and we're going to move yeah. on because the Colts have a new it. kicker in-house a big free agent signing we're going to go in in-house free agent signing so real quick guys if they stick at four and, and and quarterback one, two have dropped in that first four picks and their guy isn't there or the guys that are left on the board are mid to late first rounders or second round grades, they're not taking them. Is that agreed on? What do you think? At a four okay. pick that they got a 15 or beyond grade on, a 15 moving 15 or farther See, this in is the always, draft. This is always where position of need and – that player at another position having equal grading. Mm-hmm. And then when that's the case, Chris Ballard has always said, I go with the need, right? So okay. where would the third or fourth best quarterback rank 
compared to the best player at another position on their board in the first See, round that's where, when they stay that's at That's why four. I'm bringing this up because there's some premier defensive players in this draft. And, J.J., I'm going to go to you on this. Colts fans, who's our quarterback? Who's our quarterback? I'm not saying anything about what I know in that war room because I don't, but I'm saying – don't be surprised if a quarterback doesn't go in the fourth overall pick to the Colts. That's why I said you has not there. You, you've got three to four options here. Look, I mean, it is still more likely than not that the Colts are going to take a quarterback fourth overall. But if you get to a point in the draft where you're picking between, yeah, a guy like you said, Jeffrey, yeah, he's like kind of maybe twentieth on our board versus a guy who's number one right. on your board, right. and you think, holy cow, we're drafting the next Reggie White. I mean. No one, it it would be weird to say no one would like drafting a Hall of Fame pass rusher, but people, I feel like it'd be it'd be kind of a, it would be panned around here. Except in ten years, you might be like, boy, thank God, woo, dodged a bullet on that one. Got this great pass rusher who's been here for the last decade, terrorizing yeah, that move the quarterback be, who the Texans took in second overall. Right, that move would all be dependent on what kind of career Will Levis mm. or Anthony Richardson end up having right. and. You wouldn't know the answer to that in for another maybe decade. Yeah, but look, I mean, ultimately you got to get the quarterback position right. If you draft, say Will Anderson fourth overall, and he turns out to be a Hall of Fame player, and that's great, you still got to get the quarterback right. You still have to do that. Does that mean you address it in 2024? Probably. But if you you also can't get it wrong. Getting it wrong fourth overall sets you back five years. Mm-hmm. Getting it right with maybe not taking one and then taking one next year or finding a different solution that's maybe outside the box, that sets you up for success more than taking the wrong guy. And I know no one wants to hear it because the Colts haven't even tried to take the wrong guy over the last couple of years. It's been this veteran quarterback carousel that worked out with Phillip Rivers. It didn't work with Carson. It didn't work with Matt Ryan. But if you get a top five pick wrong on a quarterback, that sets your franchise up in a worse spot than kicking it down the road for a year. Okay, we're going to find out because a whole lot more is coming out here. We're going to, by the way, more conversations out of this are going to happen in the weeks to come because we're going to be hearing stuff about this player. Then we're going to hear stuff about this player. It was all Alabama last week. Then it's all Ohio State mm-hmm. this week. So that's what we have to get ready for. But let's go over what we do know. I'm going to start in-house. Maytay, let's go. EJ Speed stayed in the mix a couple of year contract, yep. about $4 mil a year over eight, uh, $4 mil a year over, over two. Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice um, arithmetic, Gorman. <laughs> A lot of numbers there. $4 million a year <laughs> times two. Anyway, EJ Speed staying in-house. Tyquan Lewis coming off the patella injury, second one. Don't forget, he stayed in-house. Not a huge spending on that. So, guys, give me your once-over on these real quick. Uh, I'll start with EJ Speed. Makes a lot of sense because everybody thought that the Colts were going to lose Bobby Okereke in free agency. That's uh, We'll talk about yeah. that. That's exactly what happened. But three top-level linebackers. With, with Shaq Leonard coming back, Zaire Franklin coming back, both guys under contract, knowing what you're paying uh, Shaq Leonard, just the investment there at one position, I don't know if it, it made a lot of sense for the Colts, but gives you a lot of position flexibility with EJ Speed coming back. He can play all three linebacker positions. He's a really good backup linebacker for Shaq Leonard in case something happens there where he's not, knock on wood, available for you know, training camp or preseason or the regular season. Had six starts last year. Played over 300 snaps last year after just over 180 snaps in his first three years combined. So, guy that, to me, it's it's like we said last week, I think it's in the same vein of a Zaire Franklin type of a contract last year. Like, 
you would be surprised, shocked at how good EJ Speed could be mm-hmm. if he got a chance to play, yeah. you know, 70 snaps a game like Zaire Franklin did last year. So, again, it's insurance for Shaq, um, but it's a really good linebacker position group now with EJ Speed coming back, joining Franklin and Leonard. Yeah, and, and for Taekwon, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. He's been in the building rehabbing this whole time. Um, and a guy who the Colts thought was playing at a really high level last year before he had the, the second patella injury. He can play everywhere on that defensive line from wide nine edge rusher to one technique nose tackle. He can play all those positions. Nate Alley trusts him a lot. Mm. Um, and just the, the energy and the just that, that motor that he brings, I think, is a really good thing for this Colts defense. I, I think, you know, you're probably going to see the Colts rely more on Dio Odangbo this year. Good. Regardless of what happens with Unique Ngakwe as you're potting right now, we don't know where that stands. Uh, he remains kind of an unsigned free agent. Um, but, you know, last year, Taekwon was kind of in that, that role of that flex guy could play anywhere. I think you maybe see Dio in that role if he's not right. necessarily a starter going into the year. Um, but Taekwon, I mean, it's important to have depth on that defensive line, and, and Taekwon is one of those eight guys yeah. you, you like having him back. And, and when he's been healthy, he's been out there. He's been really productive. As J.J. said, he can play inside on early downs, or excuse me, outside on early downs, inside on passing downs, third downs. And and now that he's back, you've got Pay, Dio Adengbo, Stewart's back, Buckner's back. That's a pretty good core of sure. defensive line coming back from 22 to 23. So now to me it's all about Unique Ngakwe and what the Colts can do to Anybody on the either, market there? either bring him back or another defensive uh, presence at edge on this Does defense. that edge rusher, and I'm just saying, could be Ngakwe, could be another guy that fits that. Is that that – they sitting in the same thing as they were last year? $9 million to $11 million type one-year deals for these guys. That's a good question because it really yeah. depends on how you view Dio going into this year. Do you view him as a starting defensive end opposite Pay, or do you view him as more of that Swiss Army knife who can play across the line but maybe isn't necessarily going to start for you? That That's going to be a really important question. Chris Ballard did say at the Combine – he thought Dio played really well last year, especially in the second half of the season, so something to keep mm-hmm. an eye on there. Okay, let's talk about what we do what we do know defensively and our loss. Let's start with Brandon Faison. He is no longer a cold. He's headed back to the Las Vegas Raiders. Real quick, guys, Faison, secondary, what would you think? He was here for a cup of coffee. That was it. Uh, Colts losing a big – is this a big insurance policy they're losing, or what is it? I mean, he was good depth at the cornerback position last year. Certainly he had his ups and downs, and towards the end of the season we saw more of Isaiah Rogers mm-hmm. on defense and in the secondary over facing, obviously playing that third cornerback position in sub packages. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, always, it's always tough to lose a guy that had grown up playing and playing well in the Gus Bradley defense when he as a defensive coordinator is coming back for another year. But I think the Colts are high on Dallas Flowers coming back. Obviously, they're high on Isaiah Rogers coming back. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Colts address that position in the draft later on in the coming weeks in free agency, undrafted free agency. Um, so Faison is gone, but I think the Colts have some good depth, and I think that position will probably be addressed in the later rounds of the draft. JJ, let's talk about Bobby Okereke. And Matt, you said this earlier about it. So let me throw this down real quick. We talked about EJ Speed coming back, Shaq Leonard coming back after an injury plague season, Zaire Franklin, incredible, setting a record for tackles in a season. So that means Bobby Okereke gone. Guys, he made $5.4 million on his rookie contract. He just signed with the Giants, comes out to 10 mil a year, but he also gets that $22 million in guarantees with the Giants. Okay. Okay. 
So let's go to there. Bobby, congratulations. Yeah. He got paid. He yep. didn't get paid here. And what a gamer he was. Even when times were tough out there, that that young man was putting his nose into the ball wherever it was and, you know, running up tackle after tackle, setting records like he did. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, it's it's not surprising. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like we talked about on our free agency tracker pod, Bobby's a really good player. He's got versatility. He can play the wheel. He can play the mic. He, like you said, Jeffrey, he's a gamer. He goes out there, and, and he was one of those guys who, at the end of the season, he was still giving it everything he had. But paying Shaquille Leonard, Zaire Franklin, and Bobby O'Kerke just never made it sense. Just for the Colts. Yeah, it just You couldn't do it. Especially at the, the contract figure that he got from right. New York. Uh, Big number. Great for him. Yeah, oh, and, and absolutely deserved. Like, that's that's right. the thing. You, you, you like to see a guy like Bobby make that money yeah. and, and earn it, and you're happy that he got it. You just you weren't going to pay it as a franchise because you already got Shaq Leonard. You got Zaire Franklin coming off the franchise record in tackles. And then, like we talked about with EJ Speed, he's kind of that third linebacker, but EJ was on the field for maybe 20% of the defensive snaps as the Sam linebacker in that 4-3 scheme because usually the Colts are going to be in nickel. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in sub-packages with an extra DB on the field, so you're not going to have three linebackers on the field a whole lot, so it just doesn't make a lot of sense to pay three off-ball linebackers yeah. the, the level that you would have had to to keep Bobby Okereke here. And, and this is the catch-22 or the double-edged sword, whatever you want to say. This is why it's so tough to be a good drafting team like the Colts have been on a consistent level since Chris Ballard has been here. I mean, it's always tough to lose one of your own. A good third-round pick by the Colts in 2019, hitting free agency for the first time. He was a really good day-two draft pick that grew and developed and took on more of a role every year, season by season. As J.J. said, career-high tackles this year. He was a guy that did everything right on the field, off the field, was a leader for the Colts inside the locker room. But the silver lining to this is, and we saw it a couple years ago with Andrew Walker, the Colts – or excuse Anthony me, Walker. Anthony Walker. Andrew wow. Walker. Wow. I thought I was over That's that. That's our former junior writer from Colts.com. <laughs> Andrew Walker getting a shout out. How many times a season did I do that from 2018 to 2019? Wow. Um, Let's see. What's he doing? Anthony is he running that softball? Walker. He's running a softball complex. <laughs> and I he think. just started a bracket challenge, I think, too, here on this week. Um, no, Anthony. We saw it with Anthony Walker. The Colts have been a good drafting team but you could i think you could argue that the the best place they have drafted is linebacker how many hits at linebacker have they had so that's the silver lining to I'd this i'd like to see andrew walker playing linebacker and there's the andrew walker across the chamois <laughs> i've heard, I've heard, I've heard a rumor walker. that andrew walker thinks he could hit a home run in a major league baseball game with a softball or with a oh, no like an actual baseball like hit, you could gravy. hit it off you know well, randy like johnson out- what, walk out the car and hit one? Yeah. No. God. No. Give me a break. He could hit a softball a mile, but he can't do that. <laughs> uh, hand-eye coordination shot, pal. That's, I got news for you. You're not young anymore. Okay, let's go on to what we do know. Start with this one, because last time the Colts pulled a move like this, ended up going to the Super Bowl for a big-name, big-dollar free agent kicker. According to the NFL Network, the Colts are signing kicker Matt Gay to a four-year deal. I think it's uh, it was at 22.5 over four, 22.5 over Four, That's a chunk of change for a kicker. Which is the richest deal when it comes to free agent kickers in NFL history. Guys, what do you think? Especially with Chase McLaughlin coming off the year that he did, which wasn't bad at all. The Colts were looking for a kicker. I thought they found one. No, not at all. So I, I woke up to this this morning because it happened late last night, I think midnight or maybe even later. So I, I was surprised because of the emergence of, as you said, Chase McLaughlin last year, who many thought 
would get another chance to, mm-hmm. to win the kicking job for the Colts on a permanent level. Really solid last year on field goals, made some clutch kicks. We've talked about um, you know, his consistency over 50, uh, you know, nine field goals over 50 franchise record for the Colts. Um, but I know they really liked Matt Gay when they had him on the practice squad a couple years back here in 2020 when he was essentially at the time backing up Rodrigo Blankenship. He goes after that point, he goes to the Rams and just is the ideal kicker, consistent, makes clutch kicks, helps them on their Super Bowl run, uh, wins a championship with them. I mean, he was a Pro Bowler in 2021 that year, made 92% of his field goals, or has great. made 92% of his field goals uh, in the NFL since 2020. So I've always said, J.J., you're going to roll your eyes over there because you've heard me say this all the time, but I think kicker is one of the most important positions on your team. He has to be a weapon. I mean, look at the parity in this conference with all the great quarterbacks, all of these games that come down to the wire, all of these fourth-quarter close nail-biters. You have to have a reliable kicker that can make clutch, long kicks, end of half, end of games. Listen, I, I know the Colts and the fans say, hey, what are, you, what are you doing paying a kicker when you have all these other holes? Listen, the Colts have addressed an area of need, signed a major weapon, and signed maybe the best player available at that position – and they paid him some money. So this is exactly what Colts fans have want, have wanted, I should say, but the fact that it's a kicker and not a, a wide receiver still ruffles. There some is no kicking competition, JJ. No. No, you, there will be no kicking competition. Um, I, I mean, look, Matt Gay, the reason why I'm not super worried about this, because I woke up this morning, mate, I had the same thought of like, oh, that's kind of surprising. And then I had a little bit of PTSD because I covered the Bears when they signed Cody Parkey to a – rich free agent contract but Cody Parkey was coming from Miami to Chicago <laughs> bit of a difference yeah. Matt Gay is coming from an indoor stadium to an indoor stadium and I just I that gives me a little more comfort that what he did in LA mm-hmm. he can do here in Indianapolis um, and the other thing with Matt Gay so since 1960 only six kickers have had a higher percentage of made field goals of 50 or more yards than Matt Gay with a minimum of 20 attempts. Matt Gay's 17 of 23 in his career on field goals of 50 or more yards. That's that's a pretty good skill to have, especially when you have a young quarterback, presumably, potentially, coming in who you don't want that quarterback to lose confidence if the drive ends at the 32-yard line. Right, right. And then yeah, the kicker misses the kick. You know, that that can take the wind out of an offense a little bit and a team. And I think paying for that r- right now, if you do go ahead and you get that young quarterback or, you know, whenever you get that guy, right? I think that does matter for the overall just morale of the team. No doubt. To be able to trust it. Hey, you know, if we go down we and got we get points three points, here. we got we points. Got points. That's 100%. good. That, you know, as long as you're getting in position to get points – um, to, to be able to get them and to be able to get them consistently, that does matter. It, it really does. Yeah. Vinatieri, McLaughlin, Blankenship, Badgley, Blankenship, McLaughlin. I, I just think Jeffrey was time to find an elite, consistent weapon at that position. We all thought it might be McLaughlin, but, again, when you have a chance to acquire a true difference maker and it fits the value that you have on that player in free agency, you do it, and that's what the Colts did. But – Again, it just uh, peeves people off that it was a kicker, not 
the difference maker on either offense or defense. All right. We're going to bounce around the league of the NFL free agency world because stuff happens every minute. Everybody's checking on the computer. What's Schefter saying? Who's getting Ian Rappaport? The NFL Network saying this. So stuff changes by the minute these couple of days. So uh, looking forward to what happens over the next couple of days. I want to just shift gears and, and hit reverse for a minute, guys. Go back to the quarterback position before we bounce around the league. Um any chance? Do the Colts have? I guess what I'm asking is: Is there enough? Is there enough groceries in the cupboard for the Colts to say, "Hey, we're coveting a guy. We're at four. If we go to three, I'm going to guarantee that we get that pick to make something like that." JJ, Matt, to do something like even move up one. But what is it going to cost? What is it going to take to do something like that? My question is: Are the Colts in position right now with some backups in, like I said, some some stock in the in the refrigerator and cupboards that they can make a move, do some sort of trade, or do they not want to at this point of the year? Because we didn't. Hey, we don't know who's starting at quarterback in 2023. Well, th- this is what it kind of goes back to the conversation we had at the start of the podcast where. Is the difference between the third and fourth quarterback on yeah. your board, is that worth the 35th overall pick or mm-hmm. the 79th overall pick or a 2024 second-round pick or whatever it would cost to move up one spot with Arizona? Is that is that gap big enough where that pick is worth it? If it is, then, yeah, you, you call up Monty Austin Fort and say, hey, what do you want? Mm-hmm. If it's not, then you say, great yeah, name, we're okay staying here. Great name, and, Yeah, it is a great name. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, then you stay here. You stay at four. And you say, you know what, maybe Arizona does take Will Anderson at three. And they say, we, we don't want to trade out of getting this guy who we think can be a, a really good player. Who, by the way, if Arizona trades out of three, say they trade down to eight with the Falcons, you know where Will Anderson's going to wind up? The Seattle Seahawks. They're going to have to face him twice a year. Wow. So, by the way, Arizona, just something to consider if you are going to trade out of three. <laughs> I don't know. A little risky if you you don't want to face Will Anderson twice a year. Right. Um. It, that that's a consideration, though. If you know, hey, if we maybe need to make sure that we get that guy on our board, we get one of the top three guys. Then yeah, we can do it. The price of doing that is much lower than it will be, or that would have been to yeah, go up to number four to one. one. Yeah. And again, you just have to know what the gap is between the fourth best quarterback and the third best quarterback, or the gap between the second best quarterback and the third best quarterback. You also have to factor this in as well. If the Colts don't trade up to number three, they can still get the fourth best quarterback, not have to trade anything, and they can bet on Shane Steichen to make it work with whatever offense he implements and whatever quarterback he has because he has proven he's been able to do that with different offenses and different quarterbacks with different skill sets at multiple spots and multiple stops around the NFL. I mean, we saw it last year. Jalen Hurts is incredibly different than Phillip Rivers and Herbert. And he tailored his play calling and the offense and the play design based on the cards that he had in his hand that he was dealt with by their general manager there in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, and, and darn near won an MVP award doing it too uh, with Jalen Hurts. So let's have a little fun here with the would yous. Hey, guys, would you if this happened? Would you if this happened? We're going to go over positional priorities real quick. But would you rather spend, and, and the floor's open, okay, because there's a free agent quarterback out there or two. And by the way, congratulations to Case Keenum, entering his 44th year in the <laughs> NFL <laughs> as a backup quarterback. Case Keenum gets signed down in Texas. Showcase. That's right. That's right. But but listen, would you rather spend the fourth pick of the draft on potentially the fourth best quarterback in this draft class or trade the pick 
okay, and next year's first-round pick for somebody like Lamar Jackson. Let's just have fun. He's available to sign offer sheets. It's a big-dollar offer sheet, but he is available from other teams after beginning after uh, being given the non-exclusive franchise tag last week. Guys, is there any way, is there any way, is what I'm trying to say, that a free agent quarterback, a veteran, comes in to lead this offense? Uh, I mean, it's a tough proposition. Lamar Jackson's a great player. Such a good He's 26. Player. He's a former MVP. He's awesome. To get make that work, you would probably have to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. Mm-hmm. That's what he would, wants. Which would mean you'd have to structure. I mean, you'd have similar to, you could to do, Watson's. Yeah, probably that big? Probably a little bit more. Oh, um, you, and the the cap ramifications of that, coupled with the amount you're still going to have to pay Matt Ryan this year. Mm-hmm. means you're committing a lot of money to the quarterback position in 2023. Plus a, a draft pick for next year, which is maybe a wide receiver to help right. him. The, you know? Look, never say never on any of this stuff, right? But the Colts, I think, are are seeing the benefit this year of going with a rookie quarterback contract. That allows you to do a lot of things. It allows you to sign a kicker to the Biggest contract given to a free agent kicker in NFL history. That being able to earmark, hey, if if we get a rookie quarterback this year or next year, whenever it is, we're on that path. We can now go address some other holes on our roster in a way that we haven't done previously because we've been paying our quarterback mm-hmm. 20, 30 million, 35 million in, in a season. So that just allows you different paths that then get closed off by Correct. Yep. going in and paying Lamar Jackson what he is worth as a quarterback. Yeah, generally speaking, I love the idea of acquiring NFL-proven talent in the offseason, right? Because they are a proven commodity. It's not a guess or a projection on how good they're going to be going from the Saturday game to the Sunday game. That's why I loved a couple years ago when the Colts traded the 13th pick in the first round for DeForest Buckner. Right, I mean, we all know how that has turned out. That's why, generally speaking, I'm a fan of this. But as J.J. said, the financials to this are so different. He wants a fully guaranteed deal. It's catch-22, right? Because would you be able to help him because you're going to give up a first-round pick next year? And then would you be able to pay for significant players to come in and, and help him and play around him? because he's eating so much of your salary cap because of the new contract that he wants. And then there's the people that point to the injury and the health and the lack of, of playoff success, right? He's 1-3 in, in the postseason. He's missed 11 games over the last two years. So you have to factor that into it as well based on the way that he plays, the hits that he takes, and things like that because he's a mobile quarterback. But, yeah, this is fascinating. And still, we talked about it last week, Jeffrey, on, on the Friday show. It, it's just – it's weird that a player of his status getting so little attention from other teams around the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's have some fun. Positional priorities, and we're going to bounce around the league a little bit. A, B, C, D, E. All right, here we go. Quarterback, defensive end, wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line. Again, quarterback, defensive end, wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line. Let's prioritize those. Just This is just your random opinion, yep. random thoughts on this thing, where they come as far as priorities go in this draft. Once again, quarterback. Draft or free agency? 
Free agency. Free agency. agency. Okay. okay, quarterback, defensive end. Good point, good point. Sorry, I didn't clarify that. Quarterback, defensive end, wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line. We saw this. There's going to be some smaller moves. We saw Brandon Faison. We lost him to the Raiders and stuff. There's guys like him that are going to be coming in here, I would imagine. Lower name guys, lower name deals, stuff like that. Lower money uh, dollar deals. But a lot of movement to fill out this roster. Go ahead and prioritize it, guys. Where are we at? Yeah, go ahead, JJ. I'm going to go number one quarterback. Okay. Number two, wide receiver. Number three, offensive line. Mm, interesting. Four, defensive end. Five, cornerback. And I'm going quarterback number one just because, you you know, we'll see what this week brings with, you know, Matt Ryan and Nick Foles mm-hmm. and whatever their status may be. But I think you need to give yourself an avenue to, if you do draft a quarterback in the first round, Right. Him not needing to start right away. You'd right. like him to, but if you have competency at that position and you feel like, ah, you know what, he's not ready, we can't rush him into it, that that would be important to have. Wide receiver's important because, like we were talking about, you got Pitt, you got Pierce, you know, you have a lot of room there after those two guys to make some moves. Maybe, that, maybe that's bringing back Paris and Ashton Doolin. Maybe that's going and identifying a couple guys outside the building to come in, uh, but you need to address that position in free mm-hmm. agency. And then uh, I went offensive line three. You know, we'll we'll see what maybe shakes out in the interior of the offensive line. Do you go add a right guard? Um, you know how that may shake out over the next couple of days. But just the way that that you know, and in that group, by the way, the the offensive line, the Colts offensive line did play better in the second half of the season, but. You know, Chris Ballard said it at the after in his postseason press conference. Like, we're not getting any trophies. No one's patting us on the back for how we played as mm-hmm. an offensive line in 2022. Then fourth, I had defensive line. Just again bolstering that unit, addressing: Do you keep Unique and Gakwe? Do you let him walk? Do you sign someone else at that position? And then the last being cornerback. I think Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore the second, Isaiah Rogers Senior is kind of your top three. Dallas Flowers showed a lot last year. Yeah, I don't know if that's as pressing of a need, but you do need some depth there. Uh, before Mate, I want to go to this positional priorities question we just asked about the quarterback, defensive end, wide receiver, cornerback, and offensive line. JJ, would you be shocked, or would you be like, no, nah, just a, if the Colts didn't make a trade, some sort of trade this year with a starter on this roster and deal them for someone else? No, I wouldn't be because they've done that pretty seemingly every year uh, around draft you know, time. Yeah, right. You know, uh, last last year was Rocky scene straight up for Unique and Gakwe. Um, you know, and, and Chris Ballard has shown a willingness to be creative in his roster construction. Because, by the way, I think you're seeing a lot of teams go this route where they say we would rather trade for a player one year before he hits free agency than signing him when he hits free agency. Right, right, right. And that's how the Colts got to Forrest Buckner here was, you know, that hey, San Francisco wasn't going to give him an extension. They traded him one year before he was going to hit free agency. And, right. boom, he gets the extension from the Colts, which, by the way, now looks like a bargain the way that the interior defensive tackle uh, contract market has exploded over the last win, couple win, of months. Right? Yeah, Ar- was... Armstead played great for him, playing great oh, yeah. for him. They yeah. had to keep mm-hmm. one of the two yeah, guys. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, their win, situation's yeah. kind of like the Colts linebacker yeah, situation, right, right, right? You can't right. keep Bobby Okereke yeah. when you're in a pay Shaq Leonard, right? Good pull, so good pull. Same thing. Mate, take over this. Priorities. Quarterback, defensive end, wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line. Where do you think they go in this free agency I, I agree with J.J. The only thing I would switch is I would have maybe defensive end a little bit higher. I think I would put defensive end at three 
whereas J.J. has offensive line. I think you're splitting hairs there. But I would put defensive end at three because, I mean, the Colts were good last year uh, in terms of the sack total and getting after the quarterback. Maybe you'd want to see a little bit more of a of a game-changing aspect of that group. But anytime you have 44 sacks, that's pretty good, second most in the Indianapolis era. But they had a lot of contributions from a lot of guys last year. I just like the idea of pairing up Pay, Dio Adangbo, with a veteran pass rusher as those guys continue to grow. And, and and the reason I say that is, the question is, can you get 10 sacks from Pay and Adangbo? Neither guy has shown that yet. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Quiddy Pay's dealt with injuries. I would still prioritize the idea of Ngakwe or somebody else coming in to help the pass rush, that young duo, if you will, of Pay and Adangbo as they continue to grow and hopefully turn into the neighborhood of Mathis and Freeney, because that's what you drafted him for yeah, right. a couple years ago. All right, this is great. I mean, celebration time of year. Who's going where and for how much in free agency? Draft coverage coming up. You can find out all the latest information on Colts.com. Coming up this week on the Colts Audio Network, our NFL Combine content continues to leak out. We have interviews coming out with Greg Cosell. He's the best from NFL film. Solomon Wilcott's Wilcox, rather, from SiriusXM. Mike Chappell from CBS4 and Fox 59. Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl checks in as well. Inside the draft, coming back this week, we'll have a chat with NFL insider Trevor Sikema. Sikema. That's right. From Pro Football Sikema. Focus. Thank you for having my back on that, Mayte. Yes, We're sir. also going to have interviews with new Colts assistant coaches, folks. Get it while you can. New running back coach, DeAndre Smith. Tom Manning's a tight end coach. And later this week, special teams coordinator, Brian Mason, and offensive line coach, Tony Sperano Jr., among others. Get to know your new coaching staff. Don't forget the last word from the Colts offseason radio show. It airs on Friday night at 6 p.m. on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan with myself, Gorman, and Matt Taylor. We're recapping the latest with the Colts. And this Friday, we're going to be live, Mayte. Where are we headed? O'Hara's? Uh, O'Reilly's. O'Reilly's. (laughs) Not going to the airport. (laughs) show up to the chicago airport you'll get us o'reilly's it is saint patrick's day but you're in the neighborhood oh that's right yeah yeah wait a minute you have me we're doing a show live from a bar from an irish bar how about that okay get me parked (laughs) that's the only thing i'm giving you good god all right that's gonna be a fun one so check us out but we got a whole lot more coming up throughout the next couple of days read what you can when you can from jj stankovitz our senior writer at colts.com and matt taylor check them both out uh may take colts Yes, sir. At Maytay Colts on Twitter, at J.J. Stankovitz on Twitter. Guys, let's go around the league a little bit. I'm going to go back to the latest one that happened. Jacoby Myers, J.J. Stankovitz, the latest to uh, leave the NFL's uh, whatever you want to call what New England is up there, he's going on and uh, leaving the nest, leaving the nest, if yeah. you will, is right. But no, it's a it's a quality player, a guy you call second, third best free yeah. agency option at the wide receiver the, position. The the wide receiver market was not stacked mm-hmm. this year. And Jacoby Myers going to the Raiders, a reported three years, $33 million. Really interesting how that might impact Paris Campbell and the trickle-down for him now that he Jacoby Myers is the first wide receiver to sign uh, or to agree to terms, I should say, in this negotiating window. The other thing with the Raiders, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo yes. going there. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Does that... Mate, does that preclude the Raiders, not from drafting a quarterback, but does that take them out of trading up to number three because that that's a lot of yeah. resources to commit to you know I, I think it's 34 million guaranteed right right um to do that and then trade up that would be interesting if I, the Raiders did that I think that it does to your point 
And also, I mean, I know the connection there between Garoppolo and and uh, Josh McDaniels. Like that, that was they really hit it off. That duo really did well early on in Garoppolo's career when he had to come in and play for uh, Tom Brady during the whole Deflate Gate saga and and some other injuries there. But to me, and again, I know you're going to roll your eyes at me, Jeffrey, because the Derek Carr thing. But Jimmy Garoppolo is Derek Carr light. I think Derek Carr is better. There it doesn't go. make any sense to me. But it's like a, I think it's like a seven million dollar difference. Maybe, wait, perhaps, uh, perhaps. Uh, you're, you're statistically speaking, seriously? are you are you saying? Are you telling me statistically speaking is I, what you're saying? I have. They benched I, Carr last I, year. I, I they took him out of the lineup and benched him. Garoppolo was hotter than a pistol and gets hurt and can't come back. Why? I don't understand the comparison here. I mean, are you going to sit here and tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> is better long term than Derek Carr at this point of their careers? Really? Why not? Why not? I disagree. Well, I'm just saying, why not? We, Like I said, we had a benching last year and a guy coming off an injury who was playing hot at I the think time. It, I think it's a head coach that just wanted his guy. Yeah. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think he just wanted his guy, and I'm rooting like heck for Derek Carr because I've always had an affinity for him, but I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better upgrade long-term of that position compared to the guy they had last We're year. We're going to find out. What's your thought on that? Just compare those two. Let's have some fun. Jimmy Garoppolo is so tough because of the system he played in in San Francisco. It was like – and the injuries designed too. for him, right? And the injuries is this perfectly designed system for Jimmy Garoppolo, where now he's going to Josh McDaniels, who knows him, but it's going to be a different offense. You got Devontae Adams, now you got Jacoby Myers, Darren Waller, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Jacobs. You got some weapons yes. there, but it's a different offense. It's a different scheme. Derek Carr, I think, is a little more. You could drop him into a you know the the Saints. And say, so, yeah, he's probably going to have success there. Jimmy Garoppolo, I just, I wonder if he could have the same level of success, of success mm-hmm. outside of the Shanahan scheme. Right. Well, Jason Kelsey of uh, the former world champion Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, he's back. They were saying he was caught. But this one I want to touch on before we get out of here. What is going on? in the New York Jets system right now. What is going on with the Green Bay Packers? Uh, the reason I'm bringing it up earlier today. What's going on in Aaron Rodgers' system right that's now? That's what I'm saying. Does anybody it's like, care, though? They're act- in Aaron Rodgers' the, system right now. According to Adam Schefter, the Jets are actively working to reach an agreement with Packers free agent wide receiver Alan Lazard, who is a favorite, last I heard, uh, of, Aaron of Aaron Rodgers. And then, of course, Rodgers going to. We had Woody Johnson flying in to have a meeting with him and saw what <laughs> happens now. Get, just give me the once over. Where is he going to play football? next year and I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers is he gonna play football next year really interesting take there would, would anyone be surprised if Aaron Rodgers was like yeah I'm good but it's that it's, it's like not, take a year it, off or retire just retire it's, yeah. it's not the money guys but it's the money well I mean it's like 59 it's 50 million, million yeah it's over 50 yeah. million a year we're talking about JJ I mean it's 17 weeks to be treated uh, like yeah. a prince but also get the snot kicked out of you in the NFL <laughs> but it's still 55 59 million I mean, look Aaron Rodgers he He's gonna probably play for the Jets. Like, yeah. it, I don't know how. Like you said, I don't know how, how does anyone pass up that much money? That's Even true. if you have that much money, how do you pass up that much money? Just be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna retire. Let's just hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't follow Brett Favre's yeah. uh, career path of defrauding an entire Listen, state. I, I, and I know we make fun of the Jets because they're the Jets and they have routinely, you know, whiffed at, at quarterback in mm-hmm. the draft and and have not been able to find consistency. Have not been able to find a franchise quarterback. Zach Wilson is the latest example of all that. But if, listen, I know Aaron Rodgers is not the 2015 or 2016 Aaron Rodgers, but if he goes to that team, they've got a solid roster, right? They've got a solid core. Like, they were a decent team last year. 
before they fell off a cliff and the quarterback continued to to sink them down the stretch. But if Aaron Rodgers goes there, they're in the mix. Yeah, right. They're in the mix to immediately win a wild card slot in the in the AFC playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers is just inserted into that mix of viable contending quarterbacks in the AFC. I think there's something brewing the up there. there. I think there's something brewing, and, and he is going to sign there in New York. I just think it fits. He's coveted. They want him. It feels good to be wanted. Green Bay, not so much on this thing. I think it's going to happen, but I also think it's going to happen on Aaron Rodgers' terms, whenever that is. It well, could be like, hey, let's hold out a couple weeks. He's going on McAfee today. Oh, so. that's a biggie. We're going to find out. <laughs> By the way, Sam Darnold signed with the 49ers. There's a name that we've talked about Hey, there's about your guy. Lot. Oh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, go Sam ahead. Sam Darnold. Are we going to do the, the Joe Montana thing? Going to play for Joe Montana's franchise? Come on. Oh, no. What I was going to say is it's <laughs> a la- what you have, right now you have Trey Lance uh-huh. and Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance was drafted in 20, right? Does that 21. sound right? 21? 21. Okay, so he was the third overall pick in 21. And then you have Sam Darnold, the third overall pick in 2018. Those two guys are going to compete to be the backup for Brock Purdy, who was drafted as the last pick in the seventh round well, last they're going to compete with Brock Purdy to start. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. You just handed him the playbook and the ball. Not so quick, <laughs> I don't bro. know, man. Not so quick. If you, okay, if you're the 49ers. A, a lot of confidence there. If you're the 49ers and you're Garoppolo's not going to play Trey Lance this year, <laughs> just trade him. Get rid of him is yeah, right. Yeah, just trade deal. him. So, well, we'll figure it out. More to come. Colts.com has the latest. Again, check them out on Twitter at JJ Stankovitz, at Maytay Colts. I'm at Hey Gorman. Guys, before we get out of here, I want to get off the field for a second. I'm going to give you my random thought of the week. Please, Can we do that? Please. Got to go to Las Vegas for this one, JJ. Let's Las go. Las Vegas, Nevada. The owner, Jim Ursay, puts on his collection shows, the Jim Ursay Collection. We had one out in Las Vegas. I was lucky to be a part of it. I want to talk to you about one specific instance that happened during the show. I turned around <laughs> on stage. There's there's a little viewing area for the 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 Ursay family, if you will. There's about the inner circle. six people that can fit up there, and I'm doing stage production work and everything, and I'm bouncing around, putting this show on. And and our thing before the show was, listen, there's so many people that like to come up on stage and, hey, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, you know. She so said, this one, hey, phew. Stop it. Nobody goes up there, okay? Nobody. Just the intimate inner circle of Ursay and even the musicians, their families really couldn't be up there. They could be on the other side or at these little VIP areas. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I walk up there. It's busy. I'm like, oh, man, who do I have to throw off the stage, JJ? Comedic legend, Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> Carrot Top. I had met him earlier in the earlier in the day. Hey Carrot Top. Hey Carrot. Vamoosh. Yeah, Vamoosh is what I gave him. Hey, so I met him earlier in the day. Hey, thanks for coming. Good to be here. Enjoy the VIP section, which is way over there with a great view of the stage. He's like, Hey, thanks for having me, man. You know, wild hair, wild this, bandana. He's got some makeup going on around the eyes and everything. I thought he was gonna pull out a holy mackerel from his bag of tricks. I don't oh, know yeah. what it was. Yep, but yep. anyway, I said, Hey, bro, you gotta go. He did an about face. This then I say to the lady that's standing next to him, not there together, but uh, there, there's a young lady and a young man sitting there. And I said, tapped her on the shoulder. Can I see your pass? It says VIP. I said, sorry, Vamoosh, you got to go. Get out of here. And she goes, 
but I'm Kevin Cronin's daughter. Oh. And it's the lead singer of REO Speedwagon, who was a guest yeah. uh-huh. of, of Jim Mercer there, there yeah. doing five songs. I felt horrible on that. I felt okay with the Carrot Top one, but I felt <laughs> horrible. She's like, but I'm Kevin. And I gave her kind of a light hug and said, I'm so sorry. We're just trying to keep. You can't say no to that. You invite people to a party like that and, and sing five songs. You right, can't right. kick the daughter off the stage area that they're watching. So one good, one bad. And, uh, and, and on my way to that show that day, which was uh, a Saturday, by the way, it was early. By the time I was getting out there, about eight fifteen, uh, I threw three hundred in a, a wheel of fortune and hit for twenty five hundred. So there we go. I just, yes. I just wanted there to give go. that one in there. You could have given that some of wheel. that to Carrot Top oh, as a consultant. Oh, I got lucky. it on wheel of fortune and kicked Carrot Top off the stage. Sounds but like a great boy, week. Oh How many times a day do you think Carrot Top gets kicked out of establishments? <laughs> Bro, he's in everywhere Las Vegas. in Vegas. So, I, I mean, he's got a running show somewhere, and I'm like, sure, he's here. How are you, Carrot Top? The next thing I know, he's basically sitting on Ursay's lap. I'm like, Bro. Take you and your bandana, Vamoosh. You got to go. You, you, ever, you ever see the uh, Conan O'Brien with Courtney Thorne Smith and Norm MacDonald? One of my favorite moments in late night TV where Courtney Thorne Smith of Melrose Place uh-huh. just did a movie with <laughs> Carrot Top. And it's like, what's the name of the movie? Conan goes, what's the name of the movie? And Norm MacDonald goes, wait, I know it. He goes, it's got Carrot Top in it? Yeah. Box office poison. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google, 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 Norm McDonald, box office poison. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen on late night TV. All right, over, over, under on on Carrot Top, fifty five. Over, under, fifty five years old. Oh, older. Over, yeah. Over. JJ, over. Fifty eight. Never, never would have guessed that. Been around a while. Carrot Top, legend. We went and saw. We went and saw Chris Angel, the magician. Mm. Chris Angel that you see on A and E, I think, mm-hmm. has a show on there. We went and saw his live show. Pretty interesting cat too, and uh, and uh, ended up giving, uh, ended up meeting him after the show, and he gave Ursay um, a director's chair that Jerry Lewis used Whoa. for years, and <laughs> uh, Mr. Ursay made a uh, pretty healthy. Uh, contribution to this foundation that Chris Angel has, whose son had pediatric cancer and whatnot, and he made a and he said, "Hey, this is one of my coveted possessions for the last decade." Jerry Lewis was a friend of mine up until the day he passed, but this is his director's chair or acting chair. And anytime he had a production, yeah. that was his chair, all leathered and and and, and hand carved and stuff like that. Chris Angel ended up giving it to the owner right there on the spot, and he put it on his private plane and brought it back. <laughs> That's but great. Wow. It was nice. It was a cool little moment. But Chris Angel show we saw live, carrot top. I had to bounce out. The the next day, but yeah. uh, it was fun overall. <laughs> uh, I hit on that. I went to one guy's yeah. show and I kicked the other guy yeah, out. Hey, more fun stuff to come. This is brought to you by our friends at WinBet. We are the official Colts official podcast, rather. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. JJ Stankovitz from Colts.com. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. We do it every week. Check it out because there's so much moving and shaking going on. You're not going to want to miss. Put on your Twitter. Put on, put those, uh, what are they called, guys, when, when stuff happens? Put on your alerts. Your uh, so you notifications. Get the dings, your notifications. Get the ding. But be sure to join us next week because there is going to be some new faces around here by the time we do this show next week. That is, in my opinion, for JJ Stankowitz and Matt Taylor. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. Check us out every week. And don't forget, log on to Colts.com for the latest. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>